Good evening, Hawkeye basketball fans. We won't get to the football yet. Don't depress anybody. The Hawkeyes defeating the Clemson Tigers this evening, 74-71 at the Emerald Coast Classic down in Florida. And we are here to talk about it. Expect to be joined by Coach Close in a little bit. And, uh, of course, we've got uh, a lot still to do this evening. we got post-game coverage here for basketball, and we'll be on live with Coach Don Patterson talking football in under an hour. So keep it right here from the Hawkeye of the Storm throughout the evening. This coming half hour of the show, sponsored by Iowa Floor Covering, as you can see in the upper right corner of your screen. They've got their tough core click-together 4.5-millimeter waterproof vinyl flooring. For more information on the great guys down in Bondurant at IFC, visit iowafloorcovering.com slash DIY. You can check out their stuff. There's a link in the description of all of our content. Appreciate the guys at Iowa Floor Covering in Bondurant. All right. The phone line is open. We have kind of a limited time slot this evening because we've got football post game, and because this game went not into overtime, but it did go over time, so to speak. 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601 is the number to call to talk Iowa hoops. I'm already behind in the chat here. Destiny Pirate, I see a question from you. We'll save for Coach Close. Um, yes, this was a, a weird, weird game. I mean, we're talking about a team in Clemson uh, that I thought played physical from the get-go, made things hard on Iowa on the offensive end. Iowa never really got a rhythm offensively. But to win this game on a neutral court against not a great Clemson team, I think a good Clemson team. They were middle of the pack of the ACC last year. I know they've had their ups and downs so far this year. Uh, but that's not a bad team. On a neutral court, you won. Regardless of how you won, you won the game. That's a good win for Iowa. It's a solid win. And you'll take it any day of the week. Um, I'm going to get to the officials here in a couple minutes. Um, we're going to have to kind of move through our phone calls relatively quickly this evening. So it's nothing personal to our callers. But um, we're going to kind of have to go at a decent pace this evening to get through all of our content. And, of course, you can join us over on the football post game after. And uh, we'll see where that show takes us. Let's get to our first caller who's on hold. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game here from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, Corey, it's the real MVP. How are you doing this evening? Doing good, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, first question I'll ask you, since I know you don't have a lot of time, is Iowa had a pretty big or a sizable lead in the second half, and then Clemson started chipping away at it. What do you think changed? Do you think Iowa just wasn't making shots? Do you think Clemson's defensive scheme changed? What do you think caused Clemson to call back into the game? Well, as I said, they were, they were physical from the get-go. Um, things were, I mean, Iowa was going to have a hard time pulling away in this game, in this game, regardless of, uh, w- regardless of the situation. You're up by twelve. Uh, you just never felt like Iowa was going to put their foot down because everything was. I mean, how many free throws they have in this game? I think like thirty-four free throw attempts. It was a physical game. I thought the officiating was poor at times. Thirty free throw attempts in this game for the Hawks. And I'll, I'll give Clemson credit. Uh, they were able to drive and kick. And I, th- I thought offensively, they clearly played their best uh, segment of hoops in the final six, seven minutes of this game. And Iowa had a problem defending without fouling and gave up a number of open threes. In fact, the game should have been over in the final 20 seconds. 
gave up a couple of late threes that that kept Clemson in it. So, uh, like I said, this just seemed like I'm comparing it to the Iowa's one other test this year, which is, you know, drill MVP was at Seton Hall. Iowa passed both tests, but I thought this, this looked like a better team defensively. This is a much, to me, a much better team defensively in Clemson than compared to the Pirates. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Uh, and here, it seemed like Clemson was able to get a lot, a lot more rebounds than Seton Hall was able to do. Or is that something you're worried about with the center position, the physicality going forward? Well, Iowa out-rebounded them 46-32. Didn't feel like that watching the game. Yeah, it never feels like that. But, I mean, they dominated in second-chance points. I don't know what those numbers were. But, uh, yeah, rebounding is a concern. I was actually impressed with rebounding this evening. Fair enough. A final few things I'll say is Iowa State beat North Carolina today. So that'll help uh, Iowa's non-conference schedule if Iowa defeats them. So yep, that's a good that win is a for positive de- Iowa fans don't like Iowa State. That's fine, but you're absolutely right, Daryl MVP. It's good that Iowa State's having success. That's another opportunity. And by the way, it's good that I, that Duke bounced back today. Got a good win against yeah. Xavier because Duke had been struggling. Um, Daryl MVP, uh, appreciate the phone call. I got to move on, but uh, you're welcome to call back in with Coach Patterson. Yeah, no problem. Hit the like and subscribe button, people. Thank you, sir. All right, let's get to our other caller on hold. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Alex Padilla makes me so horny, baby. Let's go, Hawkeye. Oh, boy. The teeny boppers are out early this evening, Gary. They're uh, they're out early and often. Wow. <laughs> you, you can tell that the fans are in a spirited move this evening. Right, Gary? I guess so. My good. Too much turkey. Too much turkey. Uh, Gary, let's uh, let's get down to this. Um I know you're you're appreciate you first of all taking the time this evening. I know you're uh, you're on vacation and and uh, hopefully enjoying that vacation. Let's stick to positive and that is uh what Iowa was able to do on the hardwood this evening. The Hawkeyes grinding out a 74 to 71 win which was not always uh, pretty. Um but as our last caller we kind of came full circle there. They actually dominated on the glass which was a surprise to me. Now I know Clemson's probably not the biggest team, not the longest team that I was going to face, but that's a positive and certainly Patrick McCaffrey played well. We understand the struggles with Chris Murray. Um, but just just seemed like a it just offense was so hard to come by. I give Clemson a lot of credit for how they played Iowa defensively. I said at the outset, their physicality. What did you see that made things so hard for Iowa? Well, unfortunately, I didn't see the first half. We had some technical difficulties down here, but we did get to see the second half. And so I'm not sure how they how they built the lead, but um I think the good news is every time Clemson made a run, they were able to get themselves um, corrected and, you know, found a way to survive, which these games are hard to play. You're going down to a warm weather and it's a tournament and it's, it's just totally different. And, uh, and, and we've seen that in tournaments all across this country of, you know, the upsets that have happened already. Uh, with a lot of real good teams getting beat in these type of tournaments. So to, to survive and advance, as everybody talks about, is, is good. And now they got a chance to win a championship uh, tomorrow night, and that's that was the goal going in. And, Gary, just I, I made the comment, a friend of mine watching the game with me, I, I just made the comment during the game that, look, it's obvious that Chris Murray did not play his best game offensively, but did give them 12 boards. Tell me how big it is just to be able to win when your star player – is struggling like this uh it's terrific um and uh i think it does indicate the type of player he is when he has an off 90 
I think I'm, I'm guessing he, he did finish with a double double, um, and, um, and and that's going to happen. So you, you need other guys to step up, and they had enough enough players do that. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Patrick and uh, Tony made some big free throws down the stretch. So um, good a good team win, and I, and I would guess Chris will play a lot better tomorrow night. Let's get to Tony, who's on hold. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing, guys? Hey, Tony. Um, I The last time I called, I mentioned that uh, farewell tour. I had to dig through the closet, so I had to pull out this classic for Coach. Oh, that is a 90, The 93 farewell tour. That was the uh, AC Earl uh, looking bill, looks like, Val Barnes. Terrific. So those are good good days. Were you at those? Were you at that game? Um, I would have been ten. I was not at that game. I remember the ones in like the uh, later nineties. Yeah, when it would have been the tail end of the Davis years. Um, couple of things I want to comment since we're limited on time. There are two things I just wanted to bring out. Number one, when we went to the under four timeout, and I could see uh, Perkins going to the huddle, and you could just see the look on his face from the TV cameraman. I was like. He's not going to let us lose this game. You could just see like the look on his face. And it's like, he's such a gritty warrior out there that you could tell he was not going to let us lose this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing I wanted to comment was anyone who's watched Iowa basketball knew on that last out about or inbounds play um, on the baseline, you knew exactly what was going to, you could, I I saw uh, Connor in the bottom. I'm like, they're going to pass it to him and then they're going to pass it. It was, it was clear as day to anyone who scouted I. Gary, real quick, I want to ask on that because I saw it too. I said, this is Connor's going to run out of bounds yeah. and it's going to be a flip back to him. And obviously it caught Clemson off guard. Why does that seem to work so well against non-conference opponents? Doesn't that show up in a scouting report? Uh, I don't know. Have, have, have they had to use it this year? Probably not. Uh, so they'd have to go back to last year and and come up with that. It, it, would, be a, it would be a thorough scouting report if – Somebody had that, um, you know, had that in it. Um, so um, great, great, great play call. Not only throwing out of bounds, but then running back and getting it back to the inbounder to where there was no chance for them to foul until there was hardly any time left. So really well executed play. What a difference between 4.5 seconds and 1.3. I mean, just yeah. night day, right? Yeah. And Gary, I'm just real quick. This is, this is con- completely moot and then I'll if you've got a final question Tony I'll let you go but Gary is there any circumstance there with 1.5 when you're up to where you deliberately miss or do you just make that free throw to make sure you're up to because I was thinking you know 1.5 maybe you think about missing the second free throw yeah um I think they, they Clemson must not have had a timeout um no. if they had had a timeout then I think I probably would have missed it because okay. um, as the commentator mentioned it's a lot easier to score throwing the ball out of bounds than it is to grab a rebound, get clear, and then throw in a, you know, it's got to be a three-quarter court bomb. Now, that would get you beat, um, whereas, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if you're if you're making the free throw and they're taking it out, then it's going to be a tie game. But I'm guessing because uh, Clemson did not have any timeouts left, uh, that's probably the reason why he made it. Although sometimes you see players try to miss it and make it. So, um yeah. But I think in most circumstances, I would have missed that just because I think it's harder to to be successful at getting a rebound and then getting clear and, and knocking something from that far out. Yeah, that was my line of thinking. Tony? 
And then just the one we are allowed to call during the football show for basketball, right? I don't think Don Patterson's going to argue that at all. (laughs) Okay. And then my my question is for uh, Coach Close, and then I'll let you guys go. Um, You were mentioning, Corey, about the uh, miss on purpose. Now, I want to add on to that. What's your philosophy, Coach Close, up three? Do you foul? If you're up three um, in the t- yeah, it depends on how much time is left in certain circumstances and, and what kind of team you're playing, how good a three-point shooting team they are. Um, so I think there are scenarios where you might do it and where you might not. Um, it's certainly something that you got to practice because it's not as uh, cut and dry as, as it would seem. So uh, that's something that you need to work on to make sure everybody's on the same page. Thanks for your time. I'll see you in an hour or so, Corey. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Tony. All right, let's get to our next caller who's on hold. Thank you for calling Iowa Post Game with Coach Gary Close, who's on the line. Zach, how's it going, hey. Corey? Good. How are you, Zach? Uh, pretty good. Trying to listen to your video, watching the women. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Very good. I, um, you know, hard fought win. Agundale played some really good minutes in the first half. I thought Bowen had a pretty good game. Um, I do think the new flopping rule is going to be very subjective. I did not like the one it called it on Sanford. So, that was pretty horrible. So I'm guessing, Gary, you didn't see the, the flop call on Peyton Sanford. No, but I tell you what, I've seen a lot of flopping calls be called. Um, Gary, you know I asked – I told you this. I asked Fran that that question. Do you like that rule? And he said yes. It That was an – got to watch that. It was an egregious call on Peyton. He – sunk a three and was clearly knocked right so he clearly got knocked to the the ground they call a a a flop so it's a two-point literally a two-point swing so he should have had an extra free throw instead they give clemson a free throw terrible call and and fran did not react um maybe it's because fran has been an advocate for that call but i'm glad you brought that up zach because that was an absolutely egregious call yeah and considering you know the second half when the clemson point guard started driving he just started seem like screaming as loud as he could to try to influence calls. And um, I was, and I know, I think you might have talked about this too. I was not a big fan of the commentators, you know, especially trying to almost influence that you know, shot clock violation. That's what I, Louis, Louis says the same thing. So now sports announcers, announcers get to inject their opinions to the refs. I said the same thing at the end, Gary, I've never seen anything like that and appreciate the officials getting it right. I was screaming the same thing. I said, you know, there is possible that the clock is not going to immediately drop to two just because it, it's inbounded, right? There's there right. We don't get to see the milliseconds there. I've just never seen officials confer with commentators. Was that bizarre to you? No, well, they, um, you know, they'll go over and use the monitor because sometimes that monitor is different than the one that they want to have on the other side of the court. So I think what happened was they initially looked to see whether you got the shot off or not. And then right. somebody made him aware of the shot clock, and now they had to go look at that, and um, and that's where all that confusion was, though. But in the end, they got the call right, so can't be too upset. What doesn't make any sense yep. is you have the one commentator saying, "Well, I want to notify the." He basically said, "I want to notify the officials." It's not your job to notify <laughs> the officials. There's commentators <laughs> that disagree with calls all the time. They don't say, "Oh, I think you got that that call wrong." Isn't that sort of I mean, that's to me that that uh, takes away from being unbiased and objective as a as a commentator. But it's CBS Sports Network, so I'm sure I don't even. Do you know those? Do you know that that color guy, Gary? Out of curiosity, I yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a former coach, good guy, real good guy, yeah. and real good coach. He's the former coach of Villanova. 
Okay, I uh, figured the, you probably knew who he was, but uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Steve okay. Anything else, Zach? Nope. Just just again a nice, nice hard fought win. Hopefully the women can hang on against Oregon State. Amen, sir. Thank That's you for the good. call. Thank you. All right. Um want to before we get to um Ryan, and again, we're kind of on a limited clock here this evening again iowa defeating clemson 74 to 71 do want to give a shout out real quickly to brad van meter and his team down at state farm call brad and his team for the best quote in the area 515-256-6480 you can also visit him online at uh, www.bradvanmeter.com whether we're talking life insurance auto insurance boat insurance insurance renters whatever uh, give his team a chance to uh, get you a great rate on great coverage. Let's get to Ryan, who is on hold. Ryan, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, how are you we doing today? Hi, Ryan. Hi. Hey, woman, I'm good. Uh, yeah, great day to be a Hawkeye. Um, well, I'm a great day. I, <laughs> went a little better. Right. Anything go, why, why would you say that, Corey? Why would you say I, that? Anyway. You watch football, Ryan. I know you watch football. Yeah, I try to. Hey, um, I guess a couple of things. Yeah, I was going to say on that flop call, the guy's whole backside drove into Sanford as he was falling to the ground, which made him actually fall to the ground. Uh, it, it was absolutely unbelievable. They would call that a flop. To me, a flop is what Northern Iowa made a living doing for years, especially, you know, 10 years ago, if you remember that game. Now that was flopping, but um, and then the other, the other, I, I, I was really shocked that that announcer made such a big deal about the clock. It was pretty obvious. It takes a second from three to become two. Uh, that's exactly what I saw. I saw probably half a second. Bracha got it off, and I don't know why it took ten minutes to figure that one out. It was just ridiculous. Couldn't help but think there was going to be a way that they were going to find a way for us to lose that game. But, you know, games like this make you very, very tough. Um, You know, Gary, you're real familiar with the Badgers. We have them coming up fairly shortly. Um, They lost a heartbreaker to Kansas, won a good game uh, today, I think down in Atlantis. Um, Man, this is going to be tough, but games like today are really what, are going to allow us to win some of those real tough close games against like say a Wisconsin come big 10 season. Yeah, I agree. And that's why you play in those kind of tournaments to get that kind of competition and get in those kind of scenarios where you, you know, you find out what you're made of and who who can you count on and who maybe not. And, and uh, you don't want to go into the big 10 season playing one blowout after another, because you're not going to find out like today, I, I thought uh, Iowa's uh, ball screen defense was a little a little shaky. Um, they were giving up some open threes on that cross-court pass. Uh, you know, that's mm-hmm. something they got to shore up. And they may not have found that out, you know, playing against teams that aren't very good. So to get exposed and yet and learn and yet be able to win, that's, that's about the best of both worlds. Well, I think my best takeaway was it was a good ACC team that we beat without our best player having a great game. And so mm-hmm. when others can't step up, it shows that we're not necessarily going to have to be the Chris Murray show to, to win. 
Yep, I think that's a good point. So last question, Coach. I asked you last week. You said to wait a week or two. I'll ask again. How do you, if you, I assume you may have gotten to see Duke play the other night. Um, you know, you I have not that? seen Duke play at, at all, which is crazy. Okay. Um, but I tell you what's, what's, what's been really interesting in college basketball, uh, and this is just kind of off the top of my head, but I don't see any dominant teams out there at all. Um, you know, Kansas, you know, Wisconsin played well to lose to Kansas by one, but I wasn't overly impressed with Kansas. I, I think they're Kansas good. Kansas lost tonight, Gary. Yeah, did they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're great. Uh, North Carolina loses to Iowa State. Uh, you know, Iowa State's a pretty good team, but that's a, that's a, probably most people describe that as a shock. And uh, there's some other teams that have really struggled. So I think it's really wide open. Say that again. Maybe it's Gonzaga's here. Yeah, and even they got waxed by somebody. Uh, I think Kentucky might have. Kentucky might have beat them, and Michigan State turned around and, and beat Kentucky. So, so far, and I haven't seen everybody, and haven't seen a lot of anybody, and that's why it's early and it's hard to make predictions like that. But I, I don't see a team where I'm going, whoa. I don't know if we can match up with them. I, I think I think it's wide open right now. That could change, but not only in the Big Ten, but even I even think on the national. Uh, scope that it's um, there's a lot of teams that are real good. I don't know if there's any really great dominant teams, but that could change. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, maybe I'll say hello to Coach Patterson in a little while. Sounds good, Ryan. Appreciate the phone call, sir. Thank you. I think um, the Big Ten has got a, had a pretty good week. They've had some they've had some good wins. Um, Wisconsin played well in their tournament. Uh, Maryland is off to an undefeated start. Northwestern almost won their tournament, almost beating Auburn. Uh, so I think the Big Ten has shown itself pretty well of late. And, you know, Wisconsin, uh, I tell you, took a miracle shot. I mean, that's a heck of a play uh, to beat them really, yesterday. Two miracle shots, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that regulation, that ball came right to him, and he fires it out for the three. I mean – what are the chances of that happening again? It goes to show you how important rebounding is, and even tonight you saw it. A lot of times the game winner is not the shot that's taken, but the rebound that's put in. And People tend to turn and watch and not check out and go for the ball, and and uh, that makes that last-second scenario uh, can be crazy at times. And, Gary, another big reason is, is this game was getting closer to the final horn. I made this comment a couple of different times. Another big reason why it was so big to win this evening, not only is it a good win on a neutral court, you win in spite of some struggles from your guy. And let's not forget Tony Perkins was in foul trouble the majority of this game. So there's two of your yeah. maybe three best players, maybe your two best players in foul trouble. You find a way to win. And this was big in the, in the sense of strength of schedule because you do not want to play Cal tomorrow. And I would guess that TCU is going to win this evening. No, we never know. We'll see. Boy, that would be a disaster if you're playing an 0-6 Cal team who's lost to UC Davis, Texas State, and like Garfield University. <laughs> so, where's um, Garfield University? <laughs> I, made, I made that one up, Gary. <laughs> I'm glad you caught it, though. I'm glad you caught it. Um, we we got a uh, question here from Destiny Pirate. He says, Coach or Corey, for you and Coach to discuss before today, Iowa had just okay. This is not even this is not basketball related. Let's save this for football. I don't think this is. I don't think you're the coach he wanted. The, he intended this for uh, Gary. We can 
wait on that. Um, let me see the question from Joe Schmo. He says, uh, does Gary know if any Hawks improved over the offseason, adding strength, lowering body fat, improved shooting? Um, yeah, well, I would, say so. I, I would say several of them have proven that yeah. so far, Gary. Yeah, um, I think uh, you can go, you know, literally go right up and down the lineup and, and see a lot of improvement. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's any question that uh, the team has improved over the offseason. Can you talk a little bit about what you – I know, again, you missed – that first half, but uh, second half at least. Um, can you talk a little bit about what was causing Chris Murray struggles? I thought they were just physical with him early, and it kind of got him off balance. Just your thoughts on that? Yeah, sometimes you know I, I didn't get a chance to see the first half, as I said, and you, and it's hard to get yourself out of out of that. Right? It, it looked like um, you know, obviously he was the he was the guy they were trying to stop, and they were they were physical and. Just did a real nice job of staying in front of him, so he, you know, he couldn't get any, um, you know, straight shots driving to the basket. And then, you know, you miss a few, and then all of a sudden, that basket gets a little bit small. He missed one late in the game. That he'll, he probably won't miss again the rest of the year. So, um, it happens, and uh, that's why I, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, he has a big game tomorrow night. Just so everybody's aware, uh, appreciate everybody being here. We got about 160 people watching this live. Uh, the Iowa women lead Oregon State out at the uh, Phil Knight Classic, 57-49, with seven and a half to play in the game. So uh, that game's still in doubt against an Oregon State team that's basically playing a a home game in Portland. Uh, so we'll kind of follow that as we uh, as we go here throughout this evening, and of course that'll kind of overlap into our football show. Uh, Bob wants to know if Perkins was playing hurt. Uh, the word I got earlier before the game started was that he was 100%. I know Iowa called him probable, um, but I think he was pretty much full go. But when you get in foul trouble, he, he played – this was probably his most frustrating performance. You could just tell his body language. And, again, I, I go back to just how Clemson played. How would you rate Clemson defensively from what you saw, Gary? I thought they did exactly you know, I what thought you did. I thought he did a good job. And, and he, he's he's known as a good defensive coach, so – um, uh, I, I think, I think, um, that was a good test from an offensive standpoint. Let's get to our caller. Thank you for calling Iowa post game with coach Gary close. Who's on the line. Oh uh, yeah, this is David. Um, I just wanted to call and say, I thought Iowa played really well in the clutch. Um, I think Perkins made a massive impact in the last four minutes. Uh, obviously he had four fouls, so he wasn't able to make much of an imprint going on early in the game. And like Gary, I was working, so I missed the first half. Would have loved to have seen what kind of transpired during that. But the other thing that I want to go on what the guy said earlier with the uh, officials, I've never seen, or not the officials, the announcers, I've never seen in any game I've ever watched, announcers have that big of an impact on a game where they said something to the one ref, then the one ref goes back over and was saying, oh, you know, the, they were saying this. And he actually said that, you know, in the game. Well, the good news is the officials got it right. I mean, I thought that, that was the same thing they I said did. at first, Gary, was that why are they even talking to the commentators? But they got it right. Is that, is that what you ultimately want, Gary? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, I think, they, I think they initially looked to see if he got off in time. And then they got into the shot clock situation that's what i'm guessing i could be wrong but that's why it took so long and they had to get a different angle and things like that but you're right they ended up getting it right well, and that's all we can ask for 
Well, the one crazy thing too is when I was watching just just the clock, the main clock. You you could definitely make an argument that he got that off in time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he got it off. He got it off in time. They were they were wondering if the if he didn't get it off in time with respect to the shot clock. Gary, did you right? And I understand that. Was there an over with, the back with just foul looking at the shot there on the, the actual clock? I didn't think so. No, I thought it was just a bang bang play. Um, yeah. It just goes to show you how important rebound, especially air balls. Air balls are are uh, they're funny. I mean, they they're they're a different kind of rebound. We used to have a play where we shot an air ball on purpose uh, against zones, and it worked all the time because teams teams turned to check out and didn't see the ball, and we just go and lay it in. So, yep. Did you guys find it interesting that we only played one series of defense on that zone? After they busted it with a three, we immediately went back to man-to-man. I think they played one other possession about four or five minutes before that after a timeout. And only we're, we're, we're only in it for one only in it for one possession. They gave up an offensive rebound for a basket, and he got out of it. I, I think they played two possessions of zone, uh, and both of them I think came after okay. after um, Clemson timeouts. I think just to screw them up if they got a man play called. So um, it didn't work. So, uh, but I think I think I think I saw two possessions. And I know I've asked you this question before, Gary. We can talk macro another night, but. Does, is that an indication, a further indication that they're going to have to roll with man to man? And that, if so, that worries me again when you go up against the Zach Eadies of the world and Trace Jackson Davis, where, I, where maybe they've got some some depth that or size inside that Iowa doesn't have. Well, you know they do play the zone on out of bounds plays uh, right. almost almost exclusively, so they're going to have to continue to work at it. But uh, your, your zone's only going to be as good as your man-to-man skills. I mean, if you're a bad man-to-man defensive team, you may be able to cover some bad players up, but you're still not going to be a very good defensive team. And I think their main defense is getting better. Um, and, um, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see with respect to foul trouble and depth where they might have to play more zone. But right now the, the man has been effective, and I think they're going to stick with it. Anything else, caller? Yeah, I have one more question. My question, um, and maybe you addressed this earlier because I, uh, I did not see the beginning of the show. Um, have you guys declared who the game ball would go to? Well, it's got to be Patrick offensively, right, Gary? Sounds okay. like it, yeah. If you don't get Patrick McCaffrey, and, and, and I mean, the guy, his final stat line, 21 points, five rebounds. Uh, next closest was Chris with 10. Um, they needed every mm-hmm. one of those 21 points. So uh, he made some unorthodox shots, and I, I give Iowa credit. This is one thing they did well tonight, Gary, was they got to the free throw line and for the most part cashed in on free throws. And uh, as you know, those will those will kill you in a close game. No doubt. Yep. All you all right, guys, well, I really appreciate – oh, sorry. Nope, yeah, all you, guys, yeah, all you guys – You see it all the time. I appreciate – I'll let you go, Gary. Go. Oh, let's go ahead. Yeah, just we're talking about the free throw shooting. So, yeah, go ahead. Fire away. Oh, I was just going to say, I really appreciate um, what, everything you guys, you know, have at the end of the games. And uh, I look forward to watching you guys, you know, carrying forward. And go Hawks. Um, I think we have a good shot winning 
tomorrow. And I, I say that also because we were tested tonight. I think maybe they, they'll come with a little extra vigor. I hope. Um, and I assume it'll be TCU, obviously. But yeah, if we win that game, probably ranked, I don't know. Anybody want to call it an idea? I'd say maybe within either 20 or in the top 20. Could be. Could be a lot of a lot of basketball being played this week, so a lot of results across the country. There's going to be a lot of fluctuating. Appreciate the phone call, sir. Yep, appreciate you. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a, an interesting weekend or an interesting week. And one, one question I want to ask you, Gary, we have a couple minutes here to finish off this show. I didn't get this in uh, on previous shows, and I haven't went back and tracked this. And at this point, I might not. But it, it seems like there have been more by games that have been lost by you know and by power five teams or you know power five versus group of five opponents or not even group of five opponents right just other division one non-group of five division one teams more upsets this year than ever before have you observed that and i mean i know i don't have the data to support it but is that a result you think of the transfer portal or is it just one of those things that uh sometimes you have more upsets than normal yeah that's a good question i'm not i'm not exactly sure i bet the start that louisville's had they're, they're like oh, zero and five. I mean, I mean that's just well, yeah, mind-boggling. And don't uh, forget they lost to a Division two team in, in yeah, an exhibition game. Yeah, yeah, teams that, that aren't, aren't that good with a couple of exceptions. So now that's a new coach. So, you know, maybe they're starting from scratch. But, yeah, this time of the year, you, you, just, you just never know. Uh, that's why if you can win, even if you don't play well it's, and learn by it, it's, uh, it it's, it's a pretty good deal. And one of those things, part of this too, that Iowa fans should be encouraged by, the Big Ten has not lost games like that for the most part. There have not been maybe one or one or two. Uh, let's see, Nebraska's losses, well, Nebraska, even Nebraska. I mean, their losses have come to St. John's, uh, Oklahoma, and Memphis. Uh, I feel bad for Fred Hoiberg because boy, I don't see that thing turning around. Yeah. Um, but basically, everybody. I know Minnesota dropped one, I think, to Central Michigan. Um, but the Big Ten has been rock solid and um, had had some close losses, some narrow losses. I think of the Michigan State loss to Gonzaga, the Wisconsin loss uh, yesterday. Um, and Iowa's, of course, got a chance at a couple of really marquee wins. Now, Iowa State, just your thoughts briefly. I'm sure you didn't watch these last two games for the Cyclones, but beating Villanova and North Carolina, that's one of those games. Everybody wants to get excited about TCU and Clemson and Duke. But that Iowa State game is going to be a marquee win if you can get it. That's going to be a terrific basketball game. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's going to be a big time, big time rivalry game that uh, is going to be fun to watch. I uh, no doubt. That's uh, the Iowa State will now be ranked, so it'll be two ranked teams, and and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, any any closing thoughts on this game, uh, Gary? Obviously, uh, survive in advance in a tournament setting, and uh, just as an early update for people. Cal is, uh, if this matters at this point, uh, Cal is leading. Uh, let me get the official score here. Still early. Yeah, Cal leads TCU 8-7. to seven, So we could have an upset brewing down in uh, Niceville. Is it Niceville or Niceville, Gary? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, to tell you the truth. I could lie and tell you it's Niceville, but I'd be lying. <laughs> but I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I've never been there. Any, any final thoughts on on getting past Clemson and uh, move on to tomorrow uh, potentially against TCU? Well, like I had mentioned before, you go to those types of tournaments where there's fans around and the weather's nice and it's a resort. And 
those are hard games to play. That's why you see upsets in these type of tournaments. So to to advance and get to the championship game is big. It's certainly a lot better than not. So um, I think it's a really good win against a well-coached team. Now they got a chance to play for a championship, and that's what you want to do going down there. So hopefully um, TCU will win that game because that will set up a, a real good final. So, again, final score here this evening, folks. Iowa 74, Clemson 71. The Hawkeyes with uh, the narrow victory and uh, led most of this game very much uh, kind of reminded me of the uh, Iowa-Kansas State women's game, which uh, Kansas State found a way to win. Iowa, though, uh, dug deep and found a way to win this game. Speaking of the women, 62-53, 339 left to go in this one. If they win, Gary, the Iowa women win, they get UConn. Yeah, is that is that a four team tournament? Um, or is that or have they played a game out there already? Uh, I think that no, it's a four team tournament. Yeah, so they get UConn hopefully. Yeah, that'll be great. So I'm assuming the, the I mean the men was the men four team as well. It seems like we yeah. had a bunch of games at the film. Yeah, no, it's a four team. It's a four team. Okay. Yeah, some of them are eight, um, but uh, this one was a four. Um, would be great. I'd love to. That'd Although be a great. Sometimes those tournaments, Corey, you play a game at your place, and then right. uh, and then you come down and play two more games. And the other the other four teams that are down there, those four teams that played them, go off somewhere else and play. Um, so it's um, sometimes it is kind of an eight team tournament, but only four in one spot. So, again, the final this evening for Iowa, uh, 74-71, the win over Clemson, winning this game despite shooting just 38% from the field, just four three-pointers made uh, in the game, but shot 80% from the free-throw line and out-rebounded the Tigers, 46-32. to uh, And, again, just nine turnovers against a very, a very, I thought, a very aggressive Clemson defense. And we mentioned the struggles from Chris Murray, but he still ended up with a double-double. Four of 17 from the field, 0 of 5 from three, but 12 boards to go along with his 10 points. Patrick McCaffrey, the big guy, uh, or the big man on campus this evening, uh, 21 points, five rebounds for Patrick. And boy, they needed all of those. Uh, Philip Rabracha, nine points, 10 rebounds, just one point shy of a double-double. Sanford added seven points i just have to think at some point he's going to start making threes and it's not happening right now but uh you can get him to start shooting well um look out tony perkins with 11 points four rebounds despite struggling with fouls and desante bowen bit of a, a coming out party in that first half yeah, this season with well. nine points three of yeah, three very impressive play good they to see him three as well yeah. yeah he stepped up uh, they need a bit of that Aaron Euless, five points uh, off two of five from the field. Uh, Connor McCaffrey gave him six boards. Uh, Josh Agundale with two points, two rebounds, two assists. A couple nice passes there in the first half, and they needed all of those uh, points from Josh Agundale as well. Um, so Iowa moves on to play potentially. This is this is obviously tentative because we've got to see what happens with TCU and Cal. They'll play the winner of TCU-Cal tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. Central time on CBS Sports Network. So, uh Gary, appreciate you tuning in or joining us. I shouldn't say tuning in, but uh, being a part of the show this evening. And we hope to talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully, we're going to be talking about a championship. And it'll be nice to, even if they, you know, if it's a another ugly win, a win is a win, and especially in a tournament setting. Absolutely, you know, you only get certain opportunities to win championships during the year, and this is their first. And it'd be nice for them to take advantage of. All right, folks, I'm going to do one thing here before we tune off, just so everybody uh, is aware. Let me pull this up. Um, 
so that everybody can uh, quickly jump over there. If you're waiting for our post-game show with uh, Coach Patterson, what I'm going to do right now is throw this up in the live chat. So anybody who uh, wants to jump over there for Iowa post-game with Don Patterson starting in just a couple of minutes. I know it says approximately 9.15 p.m. We'll get have a couple minutes for me to refill my coffee here. And uh, we'll get going. Gary, we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hopefully talking about another win. Double duty for you tonight. That's good. Absolutely. And again, thank you to Brad Van Meter and his team down at State Farm. Again, contact him at 515-256-6480 or visit www.bradvanmeter.com or visit him at his office, 4229 Fleur Drive in Des Moines. We'll talk to you over at the postgame show with Coach Don Patterson in a couple of minutes.